Welcome to Doctor Who on the Rocks, a podcast where we drink whiskey, discuss the longest running show in science fiction, and arbitrarily assign points to find out who really is the best doctor. I'm Diana, and I've seen it all. And I'm Jen. I've seen nothing. So this week is the Censorites. Yeah. But first, it's the Whiskey of the Week. Woo! <laughs> this week we are trying premium American whiskey from Yellow Rose Distilling, which is located right here in Houston, Texas. H-Town. Very excited. Yes. I did not realize when I yes. went to go buy it yes. that it was a Houston whiskey. I just knew it was a Texas whiskey. So yeah, I pulled this from Specs because um, the head distiller actually follows us on the pod. Yeah, and he's been talking about working on some special stuff. And so I kind of wanted to get us in with what a good baseline mm-hmm. good um, idea. Yellow Rose was like. Good idea. As we move forward. Also, it's kind of exciting because it's one of the um, cheaper whiskeys. It's not astronomically expensive. Nice. And this one came with a shiny pin and a glass. Cool. So it's very exciting. Have high hopes for this one. Yeah, me too. So Yellow Rose actually is a big symbol for Texas. Uh, It's based off of... Here it goes. A woman named... Emily West or Emily Morgan, mm-hmm. she is considered the Yellow Rose, even though it may not be her real name, slash maybe she doesn't even exist. <laughs> but we were in the height of the Texas Revolution, and please forgive me, y'all, I did not actually grow up in Texas, so this was not a part of my mandatory history. Part of mine, but we didn't learn about the yellow rose. Well, for I mean, obvious reasons. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, that doesn't surprise <laughs> me. So basically, the Texas force wanted Santa Ana to sleep in. Mm-hmm. So they said, "Hey, girl. Hey, I heard. Uh, <laughs> I heard you're good at what you do. <laughs> and, I, and I heard that uh, Santa Ana has a nice cot. Yeah. So you wanna." We need you to make him sleep late. You want to help a Texan out? And so the Yellow Rose went over to make sure that um, Santa Ana slept late the next morning. played a lot of board games. Played a lot of board games. (laughs) Mostly Twister. Twister. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hide the D. Hide the D. (laughs) And this was before the Battle of San Jacinto. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think we won. San Jacinto. San Jacinto. <laughs> That's how they say it in Houston. San Jacinto. San Jacinto. Um, and so we won. And so she's a... Uh, Thank you. An icon and a legend. For your services. Yeah. Literally. Literally. Mm-hmm. So that's where this... When you hear Yellow Rose of Texas, we're talking about this woman who... Did her duty. Santana. Yeah. Um, But I'm pretty excited about this one. We can, right now, everything is still kind of closed down because 
2020 is the year that just won't leave. Mm -hmm. But it's like the herps. (laughs) 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 So anytime you see Yellow Rose, that's really who we're talking about. And once the world opens back up, I know that right now their distillery is closed to tours, but it's definitely one that I think should go on our list. Definitely. A couple weekends we can just hit. Mm -hmm. There's a handful of them. Shire, uh, Whitmire's, and Yellow Rose would all be really easy to get to from here. That being said, all I know about this one is that their website says there should be some notes of banana. Which I haven't seen on any of these yet. Mm. So should be really exciting. Cheers. Well, it doesn't smell offensive. Oh, it's a nice smell. It doesn't like burn the center of my brain. No, it's pleasant. It's actually pleasant. Yeah. Mm. I have high hopes. (laughs) All right. Yeah, let's see. I kind of taste the banana, and it's like sweet. I don't taste the banana at all, but that's nice. Yeah, it's not like honey sweet though. No, I think it's de- it's definitely banana. I like this kind of. If this is what banana sweet is, I like this sweet mm-hmm. better than a honey sweet. Yeah, I feel like sometimes the honey sweet is a little cheap. You have to talk louder than that, girl. Is a little cheap. look at me i don't know shit about whiskey but you put whiskey honey in my whiskey that's that's a lot straw i think just kidding i I don't i don't care (laughs) no you said it it's law now it's gonna be it's gonna be the tagline for the episode jen thinks honey is cheap I think because honey is such a good go-to as a sweetener, yeah. it's just a little ubiquitous. It's refreshing to have a different type of sweet. Let's I just can, say that. In the aftertaste, mm-hmm. I can taste the banana. Yeah. I can taste the banana a lot more now. Like yeah. now that I'm just mulling like, on it a little. Yeah. And I would even say that this is one that I don't need to have over the rocks. No. This is... I'm 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 actually kind of afraid to see what it would be. Like Me too. I think you'd I feel be like one it'd of be those who watered it. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember which. What was just the last one where we didn't like? There was one where we were like, no, this cannot be over 1835. the eighteen because no. <laughs> that made that it one worse. Definitely did, but that it one was a worse. five to start with, and it like brought it to like a, a three. A fucking. An eight, apparently, <laughs> based on my yeah. rating. Now it is a lower proof mm-hmm. than we usually drink it's only 80 proof <sighs> only 80 proof you know <laughs> yeah we're just so used so to it's, doing like 95 yeah so we have been doing a lot kickier mm-hmm. whiskeys mm-hmm. but i'm not mad at it yeah considering so i just to give the listeners some insight into timing of all of this kind of thing i just finished editing the 1835 and we talked about how it was good for like a party whiskey mm-hmm. because of its price point and the fact yeah. that it was absolute shit. Mm-hmm. This one, if I can get it this in this size bottle, mm-hmm. the only other bottle was much bigger than this and mm-hmm. therefore twice as expensive, mm-hmm. which still isn't that bad. Not that bad. For yeah. a party whiskey. And for a whiskey that's not going to make you want to like gouge your eyes out. I would... I would say if you're going to go for a cheaper whiskey, go for this one. Don't do, just don't buy 1835. I don't hate this. I really don't hate this. 
<laughs> I really don't fucking hate this. No, this is really good. This is great. I feel like scratch that. I would take this on my Tinder date, you know? Oh, absolutely. That's 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 why I was just so aghast at everything you had to say about that one. Well, it was so bad. I'd probably do this on like a Bumble date or like a Hinge date. Not, I would still take the yellow one on a Tinder date because that's a toot no. and boot it. I don't, I don't care. Shit. This one is still cheap and it's so much better and I don't want to have to drink 1835 ever again. Yeah, that's true. It will never. You know, not be to consumed. say that Bumble's better than Tinder. I don't fucking know. It's been, I've it's been a while since I've been on these apps, so I can't tell I've you. I've never been on the apps. Yeah, so I, I mean, don't do it. I don't. I can't tell you. I think they're anymore. terrifying. But, yeah, I mean, they're not they're not great. But this whiskey, I would essentially take on a on a date where I'd spend the night. You know what I'm saying? This is the whiskey, unless I really like you, and I'm gonna go for like a, the expensive bottles. Yeah, unless I'm bringing over like a good scotch. Or, this is a good Netflix and chill. This is just a good, it's We're a good staple yeah. whiskey for your cabinet. This is yeah. not, I'm celebrating an important night. No. We're just hanging out. This is a relaxing. Can be used know. to celebrate an important night, quite honestly, because it is it's, it's, delicious. It's good. It's not, yeah. It's similar, I think, to, yeah, scratch that. I'm not, edit, I didn't just finish the 1835 episode. I just finished the real Brazos. The Rio Brazos one was one we said where if you don't like this, you might not like whiskey, period. Mm-hmm. And I think this falls in that category where yeah. if you don't like this one, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, this is just probably not- like the sweeter version. This is definitely the sweetest whiskey I've tasted yeah. ever. Yeah, it's very sweet. If you but- don't like that, this is... I feel like, and I don't want to like offend them by saying it's the Moscato of whiskeys because it's not as sweet. I was going to say, this is the whiskey I'd want to cook Bananas Fosters with. Yes. This is a good, a good dessert whiskey. Yeah. This, I mean, mm-hmm. granted, Bananas Rum Fosters cake, is like, bananas. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah, would yeah, be, yeah. this, that's what this reminds yeah. me of is Bananas yeah. Fosters. Yeah. Which is yeah. my favorite just FYI. to the world. <laughs> Bananas Fosters is my favorite. For mm-hmm. years and years, I would go have my birthday at the Melting Pot, mm-hmm. and they had Bananas Fosters fondue for like two minutes when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and they took it off the menu. Oh. But if you go, you can still get it. You can. It's like a secret menu item. Some at some Melting Pot, if they have the right ingredients, mm-hmm. and every once in a while it shows back up on the menu because mm-hmm. enough of us get it lunatics are like yeah yeah yeah. i know that you have all this stuff though so make me some bananas fosters since i went with you i just was looking at those pictures like the other night (laughs) yeah 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 because i was talking with one of my old high school friends about being a young nerd and that my inst okay my away message Mm -hmm. on aol instant messenger used to be the tally of how many times i had read the lord of the rings oh my god and I didn't remember that. You're and I didn't need nerd. to. I didn't need to know that that's... Nerd, but in a great way. In the best way possible. I mean, there there are things called excess. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been one of them. You know, I'm not here nor there about that. You do you. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it definitely shows your nerd streak. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Very telling. Yeah. <laughs> If you're a middle schooler that tallies how many times you read books that are 1,100 pages long, I give you a high five. You're going to be a cool kid when you grow up. So, um... When are we going to write it? Yeah. You know, 
I know I've averaged in on eights, even for ones that are pretty shitty. So I'm going to try to counteract that. Because no, you can't counteract it. Don't use other ones. Oh, to rate it. That's right. That's yeah. right. Because we're not doing it yet. I want to honestly say, like, in the truest rating of this, I would say, like, a 8.8, 8.9, like, close to a Yeah. Nine. That's like, it's just, you know, sippability wise, folks, it's great. It's 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 not offensive. It really doesn't burn too much. It really doesn't burn at, at all, all at honestly. All. Yeah. Um, it goes down well. I don't feel like, you know, ass afterwards. It's you know, it's it's a good dessert whiskey. So I'll officially say eight point nine. Eight point nine. This one feels dangerous for me. Yeah, definitely. This is like this is like a Skittle vodka yeah. for whiskey. It reminds me of how easy. So when I lived in Vietnam, I ha- got to drink um, rice vodka, mm-hmm. and I, as I have stated, vodka's ass. Vodka tastes like hangover for me. Like it's just yeah. not a good guaranteed uh, r- relationship in my brain. Yeah. I can't handle the smell. I can't. Handle. They tried to offer me some Smirnoff at Specs today, Ew. and I was like, "I'm sorry." I'm so offended. <laughs> like, don't even look at me. I don't anymore. even want the free sample. No, okay, no, no, no. get the shit <laughs> away from me. Not absolutely not. Rice vodka in Vietnam was dangerous for me. Mm-hmm. It was so good. It was so good. If anybody knows where I can get some rice vodka in Houston, let a bitch know. <laughs> Actually, don't. Don't don't let me know. Don't tell me. But this kind of reminds me. (laughs) Tell Jen. (laughs) This kind of reminds me of the same thing where it's so easy to drink that if we had any plans on being functional tomorrow, we need to make a Sharpie line on this bottle that says don't drink past this. Yeah. But it's also 80 proof. So it's not like as. That's fair. You know, it's it's. We've been drinking a lot higher proof. We could do the we could do the line a little lower. A little lower, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Uh, you know, it's not so like the other ones. what I'm going to tell you is that I almost wish that I had bought the bigger bottle, except that I didn't have twice as much money to like be throwing around today mm-hmm. for an unknown mm-hmm. entity. But Smart in the future, choice. I will feel more comfortable buying Smart the... Choice. That's why they just give you the large size. Yeah. That's probably just like the staple. Like, bitch, we know you're going to come back yeah. for more. Smart. Why are you playing yourself? Smart. Just spend the fucking money now. This is delicious. Yeah. I gave it a 9.1. Oh, nice. Okay. 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 This is one I can't... I will always have at my house. Mm-hmm. I, I can imagine going forward trying other expressions of the yellow rose and even coming back to this one later it might end up climbing higher as i have more of an awareness of what i do and do not like i feel like out of all the ones we've had if we put this one in the lineup i'm gonna be able to pick this one out no i do too i think once yeah i'm gonna go with a nine did i say 9.1 9.1 9.1 because i was hovering between a one and a two so (laughs) 9.1 Um, I think this is one, so I think we've kind of decided when it comes to the season one recap, which is Mm -hmm. coming up very quickly, Mm -hmm. we're going to do a blind flight. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put this one in there. Yeah. Just for funsies. But I think it is going to be the one that I'm going to know. Yeah. And I'm going to be happy when we get there because it'll be a nice refresher. Mm -hmm. It'll be nice Mm -hmm. and cool. Mm -hmm. I gave it a 9.1. Jen, you gave it an 8.9. 9.9. And this is a fucking good one. It's a fucking delicious one. Dan and fucking ovation. 
I'm not standing, but. I was about to say, you can't see us standing, but we're totally standing. <laughs> Scratch that. We're standing. I'm standing emotionally. I'm emotional. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we're going to be so fucked by the end of this episode. <sighs> wow. I'm emotionally standing here. This week we watched the censorites that took place from the 20th of June to the 1st of August. And they had to take a small break for Wimbledon, the big tennis thing. But this is something that I have started calling in while I'm editing. Uh, I call it Context Corner. Okay. So, cool. Context Corner. Hey. This is what's going on in the world mm-hmm. while the average viewer is watching this show. So, a big deal in the UK is Manx Radio started, and this is a radio station on the Isle of Man. So Manx is a Gaelic language closely related to Irish Gaelic and Scottish Gaelic. Okay. But it's independent language. Gotcha. And it is an indigenous language. Okay. Today, there are about 2,000 speakers, and that's it. Oh, wow. So it's a very small language group, and it's listed as uh, critical. Yeah, almost extinct. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this radio station is still going today and is kind of attributed to the rise in younger people being more interested in their indigenous language group again. Yeah. So I this hear you, folks. starts, yeah, I thought it was really cool mm-hmm. to kind of focus on some of those indigenous mm-hmm. cultures mm-hmm. of the UK as well. Uh, the only other, the only other couple things that are going on in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, Hard Day's Night, which is the movie done by the Beatles, okay. premieres. And the big important thing is that Malawi gets independence from the UK. Okay. And... Gambia comes to a decision with the UK that they will receive independence, but it does not get totally finalized until 1965. But that process is starting with Gambia. So keep in mind as we're talking about this. Lots of shifts. Independence is happening on a big Mm -hmm. scale. So we're seeing there's that big Mm. feeling of empire crumbling. Yeah. Okay. The the repercussions of what happens to colonialists. Yeah powers yeah um outside of the uk the civil rights act is signed into law so racial segregation is abolished in the u.s but we know there's still a long way to go yeah technically it's abolished in the u.s the first american protest for the vietnam war is held during this time okay cool right and pertinent to this podcast the first ever comic-con is held in new york (laughs) Take a wild stab at how many people showed up. Like five. Fifty. Wow. (laughs) Fifty people showed up to Comic-Con New York. Mm -hmm. Now you get like thousands. Yeah. I would pay so much money for a good Comic-Con with only 50 people. Oh, that'd be great. But that's cool. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. 1964, the first Comic-Con that's not just a bunch of nerds. It's a bunch of nerds coming to see... Other nerds. Well... Representatives, <laughs> representatives, representatives of the 
professionals. Yeah, professionals mm-hmm. of their passions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so today mm-hmm. you go and you can see voice actors and mm-hmm. actors and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And that's mm-hmm. beforehand, it was just geeks showing up to hang out with other geeks to talk mm-hmm. about our geekdom. Mm-hmm. And now it's... It's not a club, it's a gang now. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. get stuff signed. You can ask questions. Mm-hmm. You can advance your... You can get an advanced degree in geekery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would have been... Oh, man, to be... I one of those places just so you know listeners diana is just jizzing yeah. over here no, I was just about to say, it's diana yeah. is just over the moon right it's, now it's officially joined my list of places i would like to go if i had a time machine mm. first mm-hmm. comic con mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to see how shitty it was mm-hmm. it'd be super cool <laughs> oh awesome jizzing all over the place Clean up on aisle five, yeah. please. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now, The Sensor Rights was written by Peter R. Newman and directed by Mervyn Penfield and Frank Cox. We have not de- dealt with any of them. This is Peter Newman's last thing he'll ever do for television, so don't worry about him. Okay. Now, the thing that is interesting before we really get into the episode about... Peter Newman writing mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. He signed his contract to write an episode of Doctor Who after the Daleks premiere uh, ended on television. Mm. So this is our first story that was written after the show premiered. Okay. So he's not just going off of what mom and dad Doctor Who are telling him. Mm-hmm. He's not just listening to Verity Lambert saying, this is what we want. He's seeing the doctor and Ian and Susan and Barbara yeah. and saying, these are the characters that I actually have to go with. These, this is who they are. Mm-hmm. How can I develop them? And I think that's one of the things that we'll really see as we go into okay, this. Okay. So that is why I really liked this series. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah. so different. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so different than everything else we've seen. And I, it's one of the reasons, it's one of the big things we'll go into. Yeah. I'm excited to jump uh, yeah. into the comments because yeah, now that I now that I know that background, doesn't that make it I'm make like, a, a lot, lot of, sense? of the comments that I added on here make sense? Right. Okay. So cool. keeping that in mind, mm-hmm. that this was not just a premise for him. This was a show he had seen and was now writing for. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's why some people kind of consider this one of mm-hmm. the first true episodes of Doctor Who. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's able to reference itself. Yeah. And Doctor Who, in a nutshell, is self-referential. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it make a lot more sense? Yes. Now it does. I'm literally looking at my comments and I'm just like... Basic plot synopsis for the Sensorites. The TARDIS lands in a spaceship. First time for that. Um, We've got an alien force that seems really scary. Turns out that they have a really great, great reason to be really scary. And it's all about the TARDIS gang dealing with the repercussions of human involvement in an alien space. Mm-hmm. And plot twist being the humans were hiding under the planet all along. And that the sensorites are just a bunch of dudes in latex. Hey. Baggy latex. Yeah. Really Maybe neoprene. Before we get into points, what were your first impressions uh, honestly, this is one of the this is one of the series that I think that I've enjoyed the most out of the the classic Who's, just because I think that not only was there a real um, like mesh with the team, mm-hmm. uh, but 
I also really enjoyed like the reflection aspect, like how introspective the doctor was, specifically the doctor, because y'all know I've had an, such an issue with the doctor from the beginning. Also, the fact that I finally discover they're fucking not humans. They're from a right? different planet. Yes. They're, yeah, like they're from a different fucking planet. I'm so glad you caught that. Yeah. Like we finally get confirmation, you know. I have been working biggest struggle for me for this first <laughs> part of this show has been trying to, to talk around <laughs> the fact that I know they're not human. Yeah. Which also leads me just to another aspect of the, the analysis, right? Is It's more of like now the analysis of the doctor changes because I can't like just as y'all heard in earlier episodes with the TARDIS, right? Like, I can't say, like, this is a different species, you know? So, like, I can't necessarily hold the doctor to the same standards. I can hold the writers to their fucking standards because it's fucking trash still. But, like, the doctor, like, if I'm going to give this to a machine, I definitely have to give this to something, to another being that's not necessarily human, right? Because they don't have that, like... Yeah, lots of changes, right? Diana is so happy. <laughs> we only thought Diana was happy talking about Comic-Con. <laughs> Diana is so happy. Yeah, pretty, definitely rocked with uh, my whole sense of uh, the doctor as a human being, you know, white male from the 1960s. Obviously, I'm going to pin that on the writers of that era, but um, I can't necessarily fault the doctor. I can still fucking hate Ian, but I'm not necessarily going to fault the doctor as hard as I was um, before. So you thought the doctor was from 1960? I thought so. I mean, I'm walking into this. It's the fucking older dude. I, I thought I thought that he probably had all the other knowledge from his exploration in other dimensions. I didn't necessarily think that he was going to be from another, from another dimension. So you basically thought that he and Susan were from like 1960-ish whatever that mm-hmm. had like stumbled upon weird tech yeah. and had been adventuring and yeah. that's why they had all this yeah. weird knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I didn't cool, think cool, cool. they were like visitors or anything. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, so now I'm, this changes the perspective. I'm so glad I didn't give any of that shit away because yeah. I thought I had. No, it alters the perspective. I mean, you you alluded to it, but I was like, this is an older white man yeah. acting like older white men do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, no. Um, Fun. Yeah, it changes the perspective. Changes a lot of it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I think is really cool and I think we'll probably end up talking more in mm-hmm. the story segment is that the average viewer wouldn't have had any kind of an idea that they were aliens either. Yeah. And it really does, again, it's why sometimes this episode starts getting categorized as our first true Doctor Who episode where Doctor Who has been figuring out what it is. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. now Doctor Who, like, we still have some growing pains. Yeah. But this is the first time where we go, that's what it could be. Mm-hmm. This is what it could be. Yeah. How cool is it if this is this is what it could be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I. I'm really glad that you found this episode because this episode could be is kind of slow. You know, there's not a lot of. Let me take that back. It's not necessarily slow. There's it's 
slow in the sense of Downton Abbey. I, like, I can tell you slow because this is not a well newsflash. I fell asleep on the next installment right. that we're supposed to be yeah. watching. It, and that's why I was going to take it back. It's not necessarily. <laughs> it's not necessarily that's slow. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not necessarily slow. It's it's weirdly slow in the sense of like Downton Abbey is slow, where American viewers I were like seen Downton Abbey. Oh my gosh! Well, we're gonna start watching Downton. <laughs> Forget Outlander. We gotta watch Downton. <laughs> It's one of those where American viewers were like, I can't believe that this is interesting Mm -hmm. because nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. Where if you watch good television, Mm -hmm. there doesn't need to be action. Mm -hmm. It can be an episode of dialogue Mm -hmm. and it can hold your attention. Mm -hmm. And it's really down to the writer. And Mm -hmm. I know that this is the only episode this guy writes. And I'm kind of sad about it because Mm -hmm. it was such a good interesting now there's some problems and we'll get into where i get a little salty about some of the writing Mm -hmm. but for the most part it really seems like he had actually watched the cavemen and the daleks Mm -hmm. and paid attention to what worked well what did the audience actually respond to what Mm -hmm. were people liking Mm -hmm. and wrote based on that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know the daleks was so popular and there was definitely the same like moral dilemma undertone. Xenophobia was yeah. still the subtext, mm-hmm. but where the Daleks, and I think it, it's a really great follow up to the Daleks because the Daleks it was takes it to the other extreme. black and white xenophobia. Yeah, this one this takes one, it like I'm protecting my own, so for the sake of the protection of my yeah. own, I'm going to hate everything it, else. It makes it Which truly I complex. I can relate to. Right. It's where that whole idea where, like, your problem with the Daleks was that it was black and too black and white, mm-hmm. and you wanted to go with the complex evil. Mm-hmm. And I just was, like, not here for it. And I was like, <laughs> the Daleks are the black and white evil we got to go with, like... Yeah. What is actually This evil. one adds the other layer. Which this one adds the layer, and that's what I expect from yeah. Doctor Who. Definitely resonates more with me, too. And, and, and also, it, it brings it more into the context of, right. like, present day. Right. But also, it translates to that present day, whenever mm-hmm. the episode first aired, you know? Mm-hmm. Which also means that people need to read fucking history textbooks because it's just repetitive. Also, just science fiction. Just you read some science fiction, you'll know what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's so I'm I'm excited to talk about the rest of this episode because yeah. mm-hmm. it it resonates so well. Mm-hmm. 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 So we are going to go into mm-hmm. the TARDIS points. Yeah. Do you know what TARDIS stands for? Still do not. Okay. I wouldn't either if I didn't read it because it's... <laughs> it's a lot. It's a, it's a mouthful. Do you know what TARDIS stands for in the show? Uh, I, I know it. I just don't know I think it. they've only said it once so far, so that's yeah, okay. Yeah, but something spacecraft. Time and relative dimensions dimension one dimension in space in space okay yeah okay there's that's a big argument Aircraft. in or <laughs> n's. 
Uh, TARDIS points, the tortured acronym, terrifically arbitrary rankings determined with intoxicated seriousness. And this is a lot of intoxicated seriousness that's happening today. So essentially, we're going to score all these bitches with very serious intention, but the points (laughs) don't fucking matter. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So how did we feel about the doctor this episode? No, I did like it just because of the comedic relief. He yeah. he was introspective in this episode. Yeah. Of basically like, I'm not the first one to be out here meddling type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wrote down, there's a c- little scene where he says, I learned not to meddle years ago. And Ian giggles. Yeah. And anytime, look, I'm going to tell you, I have a weakness <laughs> for men giggling. Because <laughs> it just is out of the masculinity stereotypes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know me for about four minutes and you know that Mm any time men are allowed to not have to be super masculine i'm here for it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so for ian to just kind of break down in a giggle fit it's why i love it when the doctor giggles you take these masculine types and let them giggle Mm mm-hmm and I'm sold. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite mm-hmm. moment of the show. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I have not one ounce of curiosity in me. Yeah. And Ian and Barbara both break down into giggles. Yeah. Which is just a cool, I don't feel like we've gotten that kind of a no. moment with the gang before. We haven't. This is. I feel this is one of the first times where they're all at ease. Yeah. It's just like, well, we landed somewhere else. Like, let's see what the fuck we're getting into today. Yeah, you know? it's like I can like bust your chops and you're gonna giggle because you know it's true. I can read you. you know, yeah, yeah. You know, I can we, read we've you. We've done this enough times by now. Where right. You know. Yeah. Everybody's reading each other. Everybody's laughing about mm-hmm. it because it's funny, even mm-hmm. if it's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And no one's getting salty. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like we're finally getting to that point where Ian and the doctor are not getting salty with each other over. Mm-hmm telling each other about themselves exactly exactly i also enjoy just the interesting reflection about their trips essentially like the overview of where they've been mm-hmm. and where they are now mm-hmm. i enjoyed that portion um <laughs> i also enjoyed the dab to the creepiness and just like the tacky cinematics of like the gloved hand reaching yeah you know and just like yeah so I'm like, thank you. We're still tacky, you know? Yeah. Oh, we're not going to lose the tacky for a long time. Yeah. So, you know, the, the first the first couple impressions of just like the beginning of this, I was like, okay. Okay, I'm excited to see where this goes. You yeah. know, like, I, I'm here for the introspection. I'm here for like this comedic relief. I, I'm, 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 let's see what happens. Yeah, I feel like the, the writer, what's his fucking name? Newman. I feel like Newman really took the fact that in the first couple of episodes that he had watched, the doctor does have these moments of being silly, stupid, but also being highly aggressive. Mm -hmm. And you have this wild juxtaposition Mm -hmm. of the doctor being really aggro, Mm -hmm. but then being really silly Mm -hmm. and just flippant. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. We've, we've got a lot of the doctor and Susan, having issues with each other and the doctor getting really aggro towards Mm -hmm. Susan. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated that Susan even commented like, why are you coming at me like that? Why don't come at me sideways. Why are you coming at me sideways? This Mm -hmm. is unusual. The doctor and Susan are getting really getting into it. This episode 
which I think is going to fall more really honestly fall more under Susan's heading Mm -hmm. than the doctors. Definitely. But I was grateful that Susan mentioned that the doctor was felt more aggressive than he's felt in a long time. Mm -hmm. He hasn't been quite this angry in a while. Uh, So I thought that that was definitely not, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like his, I like the doctor being cantankerous and difficult. Mm -hmm. I don't like him being angry Mm -hmm. at his companions. Mm -hmm. Be Mm -hmm. angry at the outside forces. Be angry at injustice. Be angry at the bad stuff. Don't be angry that Susan suddenly has a personality. Mm -hmm. I can understand that like grandpa doesn't like granddaughter. Does she suddenly have a personality? No, but she's she suddenly... The writers finally gave her a personality. She's going back to that weird, one episode, yeah, episode pilot one, pilot episode, yes. Susan. Yes. And so I can understand where an old white man in a situation would be like, don't do this. Don't have a opinion, teenager. But I don't like the doctor being quite as angry as he was about it. He would get... As we get to the scoring of him, he would be getting a higher score if he hadn't gotten quite so mm-hmm. vehemently angry mm-hmm. at Susan. Frustrated, mm-hmm. sure. Irritated, fine. Mm-hmm. He was just so angry. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. just didn't. It rubbed mm-hmm. me the wrong way. I did like his quote of when the censorites showed up and asked him if he was threatening them. When we first started dealing with them... And he said, I don't make threats, but I do make promises. Mm -hmm. And I promise I shall cause you more trouble than you bargained for. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time. And listeners, if you listen to, especially if you watch a modern Doctor Who, that was the first time I felt like, oh, there he is. Mm -hmm. There's the doctor. That's my doctor. So that was really exciting for me. That was Mm -hmm. very reminiscent of some of the iconic speeches that we'll get later down the road Mm -hmm. where it's not just him reacting to his environment. It's him being aware of his own effect on his environment Mm -hmm. because he can make you, he he can make life real difficult Uh, as an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what, and when I'd say I'd like the doctor being chaotic, that's what I like. Mm-hmm. Is when you're being an ass, so he's just gonna be difficult. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I would point out for him mm-hmm. for this episode, for this series, is this is the first time that, so we get the sensorites basically holding them low key hostage because mm-hmm. they steal the lock from the TARDIS. But about halfway through, they give the lock back. They solve Ian's poisoning problem. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor stays to help when there's not any benefit for the TARDIS team. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we are seeing the doctor help because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I was excited to see that development happen where it's not just we need to get back to the TARDIS we need to get out of here. It's these people need help. There is an inaccessible region of their planet. I can go there. Mm -hmm. 
let me do it for you. Yeah, that's the part where I was like, both the doctor and Ian in this episode, in this series, were very interested in helping out, Mm -hmm. you know, the two astronauts. I was like, wow. Because interesting to see the curiosity, but in, 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 in a way that it's going to help someone else, it wasn't just a personal gain type of curiosity right. that we've seen in the last couple episodes, you know? Yeah. So I think that this episode really had a shift mm-hmm. with the doctor that I could see in dare I say, I really liked the doctor <gasps> in this shift. I know it's crazy. Oh my God. I also gave him a lot more slack, you know? Cause he's an alien. Yeah. He's, He's not a human being. Um, he is. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily call him an alien, because I don't necessarily agree with the term alien. Well, you can't agree with. Yeah, you can't agree with alien in terms of. But Earthlings definitely. But he's not literally a from human another being. He's literally you know? from another planet. Yeah, yeah. So I would say he's he's not a human being. Yeah, you know. So. Uh, a lot of the criticism that I had about the doctor, I think now shifts because of the fact that, you know, this is a different species, mm-hmm. you know, this is a different mindset, a different type of culture, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I still have a bone to pick with the writers, you know, it doesn't sure. get them off the hook because this is how they're, they're writing to present the characters. But I can definitely not hate the doctor yeah. as a character. Right. Because the doctor, I have found out, is not from Earth. And I think that's why I struggled through the earlier episodes with, I always had to give you credit for like where you were coming at from the doctor, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but also knowing that it was the writers Mm -hmm. and that the doctor had this weird viewpoint, but that I couldn't like... Tell me. Go into it because it hadn't been established. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think that is super fair that... Mm-hmm. And again, something we'll probably go into more in the story mm-hmm. is that British writers can't, es- especially in 1964, can't escape the effects of colonialism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the doctor is a product of that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he is technically, he and Susan are technically aliens. Mm-hmm. They are non-human. Mm-hmm. So for them to be non-human, it's interesting because they are the voyeurs. Mm-hmm. of this situation mm-hmm. and we're given companions of Barbara and Ian to make us the voyeurs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and make it all relatable but in reality it's the doctor and Susan that are looking in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not Barbara and Ian mm-hmm. because yeah. we're the ones that relate to Barbara and Ian the most mm-hmm. uh, and and so I think that's why I've always kind of and to be fair realizing it in this conversation that I've always kind of given the doctor some slack Mm -hmm. because his perspective of the human race is, is one of otherness. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so I think that's fair. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting uh, shift as we move forward with the series. No, definitely. And it was one of those things where, as I thought it, I was like, if I gave the TARDIS a pass based on the fact that like, TARDIS comes from potentially another dimension, another type of species. You know, mm-hmm. I have to give the Doctor and Susan the same type of pass. Yeah. But also, right, what 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 will not get a pass is the fact that Susan uh, all of a sudden got smart this this series. You oh, know? yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, definitely still blame it on the writers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, 
What score are you giving this doctor? Well, I, I really did like the fact that he was introspective. I really enjoy it. And, and, and now judging him based off of, I guess, like earthling human ethics, mm-hmm. uh, morals, whatever, code of conduct. I'd probably give him like a seven. Dang. Because, you know, he was still like pretty fucking rude. But also like I think that he did. I liked him more this episode, mm-hmm. honestly. I really I, I enjoyed him a lot more this installment of series and anything else yeah um and i think it's for me it was just the moment of introspection that it's like you know you're an asshole but you're still gonna do it anyway and that's for me what i what i enjoyed it's just Mm -hmm. like you recognized it you're still gonna fucking do it Mm -hmm. but you're owning up to it Mm -hmm. and i appreciate your boldness Mm -hmm. i don't have to like you for it but like i know you're not a fake ass player right because you're in your truth of bitch assness. Yes. And you're fucking doing it. Yeah. Full force. Yeah, that's why I like him. And I'm here for it. Yeah. Here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still a fucking bitch. Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. Total you know, tool. Like, that was the point of acknowledgement that I needed. Because the whole thing for me is, like, if you're going to be a bitch, just be a bitch. Yeah. Don't pretend that you're not a bitch and still be a bitch. Yeah. That's all I needed. This whole time, that's the only thing I needed. Perfect. Come into your bitchness. Yeah. You know? Be a bitch. Be a bitch. Uh, So my score for the doctor. I really liked the doctor this episode. Yeah. If Mm -hmm. he hadn't been this wild adjust, like, um, array of emotions, Mm -hmm. he would have gotten a nine. Got it. Considering that he flipped out on Susan mm-hmm. in a way that I thought was uncharacteristic. Oh. Even if you just look at the first two episodes of this season, this kind of anger level from the doctor, I just didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Especially given the rest of his character this episode. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, when Barbara and, and Ian make the very fair comment that the go- doctor doesn't know where the fuck he's going. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Fuck it. I'm dropping you off wherever we yeah. end up. <laughs> Fuck you. And to me, that's like, you've been a bitch this whole time. You've just come into your bitchness. Yes, but You like, just gave birth to all your fucking fuck shit. Like, you've been a fucker since the beginning. This is me. This is why for me, this episode, I was just like, ha, this is why I like you now. Yeah. Because you're actually coming into your truth. And I'm down with that. It's the way that they decided for him to show it. But for me, there was like, how could, how else? Because you're a fucking bitch. You're just a Because he's supposed to be just like a cantankerous, grumpy old man. Yeah, but for me, it was like, how else could you show, you showed your ass here. For me, it was like, this is the perfect way to show your ass. I didn't like it so much. I didn't like the let's threaten me, to kick it was a more people. Yeah. I didn't like the whole we're going to threaten to kick more people off the TARDIS. Yeah. We're a scream of Susan, but the whole time we're going to be happy-go-lucky, kind of mm-hmm. giggly. My favorite, one of the things that I did like for the Doctor this episode was, again, when the sensorites showed up mm-hmm. and they acknowledged that the Doctor was really smart. Mm-hmm. There was this whole standoff and then they were like, oh, 
you know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> and the doctor goes from being slightly aggro to, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> oh my God. You noticed? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm smart. Let's, let's, oh God, let's be best friends. Yeah. And we'll go shopping together and yeah. we'll go drink and I'll go wherever you want. Let's be BFFs mm-hmm. forever and always. Mm-hmm. So he would totally get a nine if he hadn't been an asshat. So he's only getting a 7.5. Say we're, we're seven. Yeah, we're on the same ballpark. That's we're on the same ballpark. page. You know. So this episode, what are we giving Screamy Susan? Yo, Screamy Susan wasn't Screamy Susan here. Right? Screamy Susan is no more. Who that bitch? The real bitch is pilot one bitch. Susan is back. <laughs> the intelligent ass queen yeah. is back. And she is the one that's literally communicating telepathically with the fucking sensor. Right? Is the one that is actually understanding what the fuck is going on and is like making connections. And this is literally like, thank you. You actually listened to who Susan was. Yes. And you have, you've actually uh, done right by her. By yeah. making her the intelligent ass person that she is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? And, and I was really excited about that. I'm going to give Susan a fucking whole 10. Because, yeah. <gasps> no. no I, the, the fact that Susan got, got to be fucking Susan... Is gets a ten from me. You know, I I they, they really they really they really fucked her up, and she deserves to be recognized for the queen that she is. She is queen. She is queen. This episode, yeah. My first note is Susan suddenly remembered she's wildly intelligent, mm-hmm. and I feel Susan like that just remember who the fuck she was. Yeah, and I feel like that just really reads the entire time. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's going to pull me back score-wise is that they had her be this pugnacious, strong woman, mm-hmm. and then the second she starts fighting with the doctor, she caves. Mm-hmm. There's not even like, a, I'm going to hold out just a little bit mm-hmm. and let all the adults gang up on the teenager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the second the doctor starts wiling out, Susan caves. Mm-hmm. In a way that I don't think is authentic. I do think a teenager would cave to an older person mm-hmm. in a stressful situation, but I think there would have been a, a more of a kickback. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to go with a 9.5. Okay. But only because I think that someone who's coming out this strong of the gate that Susan does this episode that has all of these strengths, that has all of these moments. Would give at least more resistance. Yeah, because it was like, I'm going to do the thing. And the doctor's like, hell no, you're not. And she's like, you're right. And there would have been at least a moment of like, uh, yeah, I am. Fuck no. Right. And there was no. Convince me otherwise. Right. And there was no moment of like Mm -hmm. kickback, even Mm -hmm. a little. And if they had given her that, I would have gone in the full 10 because I wasn't there for her. I'm, I, I just can't give her the full 10. I got you. But this was, I mean, three lines down. I have, this is the most notes I've ever taken on Susan. And then I continue to take a full another page. Yeah. 
This was so exciting for her. I think the other reason I have to pull it a half a point down is because I think the only reason they gave this much to Susan is because Barbara was on vacation. Probably, yeah. I think Barb's would have definitely had... Yeah, one of my uh, notes for the Desperate Venture was, back from vacation, eh? <laughs> now she's right. going to be the hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was. Which, she... But also, like, thank God for Barbara's vacation yeah. because Susan got to actually be the queen that she is. Yes. Yeah. And Barbara, you could have stayed on vacation. It's fine, girl. Nothing was added, really. Yeah, it's... It should be noted in the sense that that she's the one that confirms out of the blue in the middle of the episodes that they're not human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's in the line of, I have it written down, but I barely need it Mm -hmm. written down that she's from a place with burnt orange skies and silver trees. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is something that... And listeners, I'm having a really hard time not saying too much. Mm-hmm. I can, it's such iconic imagery, these mm-hmm. burnt orange skies and silver trees. Mm-hmm. And to know that that imagery happened this early, but also that I've been choking this long mm-hmm. on the fact that they're aliens, that they yeah. are not human, that they're mm-hmm. from this other place. Mm-hmm. And that Susan just drops it so casually. And it's by this one-off writer. We're never going to see him again. Mm -hmm. You know, who knows if this was something of his creation, if everything was designed this way. Mm -hmm. But that burnt orange sky Mm -hmm. is just a beautiful, and silver trees is Mm -hmm. just a beautiful, Mm -hmm. is beautiful imagery. Mm Mm-hmm. And it should also be noted that, and this is probably going to be unsurprising, this is Carol Ann Ford's favorite episode that she filmed. Yeah, because she actually got to fucking be a character. Yeah. (laughs) She's not just screaming the whole episode. Right. She has a character arc. Right. And and that's impactful, Mm -hmm. you know, for it to be the actress's favorite episode Mm -hmm. says Mm -hmm. that this is the most that she felt like Susan. Exactly. This is the, this is for good or for bad you know i can't who knows i know who <laughs> knows how long caroline ford's gonna be with us mm-hmm. but the sound of it not for too much but, longer <laughs> you know and it should be noted that throughout this episode you're starting to get comments like the sensorites can feel her anguish mm-hmm. and they start having conversations about mm-hmm. how how does susan feel about traveling mm-hmm. and what does she want? And she says, I love this, but I would love a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And she gives us Susan. I mean, um, Ian and Barbara definitely make us feel like, don't you fucking wish you were home? Yeah. Most episodes. But for Susan to suddenly come out and be like, this traveling is great. No, but I need to fucking be back where I belong. But to not know? belong is hard. Yeah. Uh, so this is the first time we're hearing it from Susan mm-hmm. and it'll be interesting to see how that moves mm-hmm. as we progress with her. Mm-hmm. So you gave her a 10. I gave her a 9.5. Mm-hmm. Next. Madam Vacation herself. How do we feel about Barb's? I liked her. I mean, I was, like she, she kept true to her character. She came up with the connections 
even though she was gone for a while, which we could tell, like at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. she once again came in hot with the connections, you know? So like for Barbara, um, I really liked her. I would probably give her an eight this, this series. Um, Can't really expand too much, but like the parts that she was there, I, I was here for it. Yeah. Unfortunately, my notes are literally half a page mm-hmm. for Barbara. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. But the last note on the page was, look, I know the actress was on vacay, but I really miss Barb's. Mm-hmm. I missed her. Yeah. <laughs> this episode for sure. Yeah. It yeah. really, I really felt her absence, mm-hmm. which I really sh- think shows the strength of her character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they gave a lot of some of the strong shit to Susan, and I know I've been wanting Susan to have this like strong female role, mm-hmm. but like fuck it, I miss Barb's. We can have two strong females, yeah. not just one at a time, folks. Yeah, and you Barbara know? really brings something to the table. Mm-hmm. And sure, she has dumb hair, but this She's time terrible fucking. She has flying this, saucer hair. But this time, <laughs> both she and Susan had dumb hair. I really. One of my other notes. Where did I write it? I somewhere in here I wrote I really can't wait for us to be out of the beehive helmet hair phase it's because terrible. the um, the astronaut lady Carol also had also a beehive. had the fucking hair yeah and like just give me some long hair to the ass seventies flat ironed just something blow dried over the the air conditioner yeah, straightened no. with terrible. an iron mm-hmm. kind of stuff because this late 50s stuff that they're still trying to pass on. Like, I I can't deal. Mm -hmm. But I did miss her. And I liked that when she came in, finally at the end of the episode, and even now I've seen it a couple of times, and I still can't rationalize why they left her up on that, like the plot reason why they left her up on that spaceship. But Mm -hmm. they brought her back down, and she and Susan teamed up to be badass telepathic Mm -hmm. bitches. And... They did the thing. And they did the thing. And it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like she gets wild accolades. It's no. Because she was on vacation, she can't she get wild accolades. She was just normal. So I give her a seven because mm-hmm. she was gone for a while. Yeah, she was. And that hurt. So Barbara did okay. She can't be the best because she was on vacation this episode. Not everybody's a winner. Mm-hmm. How... Did you feel about Ian? I just thought he asked a lot of stupid questions at the worst possible time. Yeah. I'm like, really, dude? Time and place. Yeah. Time and fucking place. We're with these telepathic individuals. Yeah. And you want to ask a dumbass question right now? Yeah. Go fuck yourself, dude. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for your dumbass question. Next, you get a four. A whole four. A whole four because you're stupid. Wow. Time and place, dude. You've been trying to, your caucasity this whole time, time and place. <laughs> ah! Your caucasity. Your caucasity. No. Yeah. I liked that he acknowledged that splitting up doesn't tend to work for them very much. Yeah, but also. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. That's what leads them into trouble is splitting up. So I I liked that part. Mm -hmm. I liked that he was our damsel in distress this episode. 
He's our damsel in distress surprisingly often. He was the damsel in the Daleks, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it makes sense because the same writer. Not the same writer. He had just watched it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the writer had just watched it, watched E&B Loki paralyzed. And now he's low-key poisoned. Not low-key poisoned. High-key poisoned. Very poisoned. Very poisoned. I like it when the guy is the damsel. I also liked it that he kind of muscled through the poisoning and was like, I'm going to help anyway. So not only was he our damsel in distress, but he was also totally an adventure bro. Mm -hmm. Where... He was just an adventure bro. He was like, I'm going to do the thing and I'm going to do it real suavely in his nice turtleneck, you know, looking real beatnik this episode and was a stereotypical dude. And so I can't bring him too low because he wasn't, he at least wasn't super problematic this episode. Yeah. He was just... He kind of stayed in his lane. Yeah, he was just down with it. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm going to let you make the decisions, doctor. Mm-hmm. Susan's kind of doing some shit. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm down with that. Barbara's not here for me to talk to another human. Mm-hmm. So I'm the total weirdo this episode, this series. So, mm-hmm. And poisoned for half of it. Yeah. So here we are. So here we go. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give him a six because he didn't do a lot. But he was just there. He was there, mm-hmm. and he was damseling, mm-hmm. and he was adventuring. He so was that brings it. him a little bit above average. Mm-hmm. So six. Okay. Good job, Ian. You weren't awful this You weren't episode. a fucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you weren't a fucker. <laughs> now, this one I think is tough. Who was our baddie? So I think the baddie is the one sensorite that was like two for the sensorites. Mm-hmm. You know? Radical sensorite. Yeah. 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 Because, like, I understand it. Liberation. Fuck yes. Right? Yeah. But also, like, liberation is not a monolith. You know? Liberation means a lot of things for different people. But you can't also be a champion for liberation and only want liberation to look one way. Fair. You know? Because it's it's not it's most li- more likely than not gonna end up the way that you want it to end up in right. your lifetime, right? You know, so you gotta modify your sense of liberation. So you, know? you are gonna go more along the lines of the radicalized sensorite mm-hmm. than the humans that are poisoning the water supply for ten years. Because for that sensorite, it was I hate humans. Plus any other sensorite that sympathizes with humans. Interesting. And this is coming a long way because I'm reflecting a lot on my own personal like sort I'm, of bias. I am stunned. Yeah. I because to me for a long time it's like this this one thing is like the principle of all madness, but it's not this one thing. It's this theory right Mm -hmm. which is white supremacy right my white friends don't have you know my white friends can't necessarily didn't necessarily have a say in white supremacy you know they were just born into it right so i can't necessarily hate that i can hate them for perpetrating it right for not acknowledging their own perpetration of it but i cannot alienate them from the struggle if they get it 
right? Sure. And I think that is kind of also like the transformation that I was seeing in this episode, which yeah. is like the sensorite that's for the sensorite is just another version of the opposition. Sure. You know? And I get it. We need to protect our own. That's what it is, right? But like what marks the difference between who we are as activists and abolitionists to what we're fighting against, right? Like it has to be like our form of liberation has to be an inclusive liberation, right? It can't be like liberation for all but you because that makes us exactly who we've been fighting this whole time. Yeah. You know? So to me, it was just very, this whole episode, it was very like, oh, yeah, like, you know, it's not necessarily meaning that I have to sacrifice what I think this one theory means or what my version of earth or society should mean. It doesn't mean that that is not okay. It just means that I have to, like, take people with me and not Mm -hmm. alienate them. Right. Right. Because at the end of the day, if I alienate them, then that's just going to put them in a more vulnerable position to right. believe and be sucked into something that I oppose. Right. So, like, why not bring in with love? Oh my God. You understand Dr. Who. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. So, what are you going to, as a villain? Yeah. 10 being the best villain ever, one being a lame ass weak mm-hmm. villain. What do you give radical sensorite? I mean, he's obviously a 10 because it's it's the, that is the best example of what I've been debating this whole time. That is like the road to hell is paved with the best intentions, right? Yeah. yeah. Because we can automatically think that whatever makes the world just is just the opposite of whatever we've been living, but that's not necessarily true. You know, that that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what it is just, right? To be just, there has to be some sort of compromise, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a good thing that everybody's going to be happy, but it's a sort of just an equaling of the the playing field, right? So it's more of just like what falls in line to be just like what I'm okay with. doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to stop fighting for what we're okay with, but it's the starting point of things, right? So I think that just in this whole, like, yeah, it's it's a very dramatic change from from everything that I've been saying. This is exciting, episode, but yeah. this is what this is what I've been looking forward yeah. to in this show because it's it's just it's just been a very drastic transformation, mm-hmm. you know. And it's been like, okay, I get it. You're still gonna be problematic as fuck, but like, okay. But you're like seeing shit. Like it's yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll get back to this point for the story score for me yeah, personally. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to give Radical Sensorite a 10. Yeah. So I, as I watched this episode, I mm-hmm. knew the twist mm-hmm. at the end that mm-hmm. the humans from 10 years ago had been poisoning mm-hmm. random water supplies. And so I knew the whole time going mm-hmm. into this that they were setting up the Sensorites to look bad, but that the humans were the source of all of the problems. Mm-hmm. And that this was a analogy for colonization. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I can definitely, especially after listening to you talk about how radical sensorite is your baddie, Mm -hmm. I can definitely tell where my struggle between radical sensorite and the 
decade-long subterranean humans being mm-hmm. the bad guy mm-hmm. is a repercussion of it was a born out of that yeah and that my sense right was born out of that absolutely existence. and that really my deliberation between the two has a lot to do with quote-unquote white guilt mm-hmm. and being able to recognize colonization in those subterranean humans mm-hmm. and that i as a very passable Mexican-American benefit from white privilege, Mm -hmm. which means that the white guilt is there and Mm -hmm. all that where I can really, where my inclination was to lead towards lean towards the humans as the bad guy, Mm -hmm. because I can't blame the radicalized sense, right? For being radicalized Mm -hmm. When he had experienced, who knows how long their lifespans are? Who knows Mm -hmm. how young he was 10 years ago? Maybe he was a kid. Maybe he was 18. Mm -hmm. You know, the shit that happens when you're 18 can really fuck you up. Mm -hmm. And, or he was an adult. Like, who knows how intense that first human interaction was. Mm -hmm. And for them to have been randomly poisoning the water supplies for 10 years afterwards, killing 20% of the population every year and having Mm -hmm. that be a source of blame where they know it was the humans. Mm -hmm. It's not just like, oh, this is my racist thoughts. It was probably Mm -hmm. the humans. It's It's a direct tie. We know it was the humans. You know, they don't know they're there anymore, but we know that it started when the humans came. Mm -hmm. He's scary. And he would definitely be my big bad if the humans were not still being like we're at war with the sensorites Mm -hmm. we are currently poisoning their water supply we are still oh you showed up and you look like us you're clearly the reserve force Mm -hmm. let's war and because they're still as radicalized as the sensorite but are the first radical yeah yeah they're the first radical Mm -hmm. because of their radicalization the sensorite is radical yeah then i give it to them i get that but i'm not going to score them as highly because i do think the radical sensorite is scarier Mm -hmm. but he doesn't exist without them yeah no that's true and so i'm still going to give them like an eight Mm mm-hmm because I think if the story, not that the story needed to be longer, mm-hmm. but if we were like ever to come back to the sense sphere mm-hmm. and they were still around, mm-hmm. I think that they would be a formidable enemy. Yeah. I think that it would be an interesting story. So because they are scary, but not the scariest, mm-hmm. but create something even scarier than themselves by their actions, mm-hmm. I'll give them an eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, story as a whole, the whole thing, baddies, doctor, TARDIS gang, how do we feel? Honestly, this is my favorite out of all the the first installment. Yeah. yeah, this is probably my favorite because I got to see the evolution of characters and I got to see mostly just the evolution of characters and I felt that for the first time everything kind of tied together, which makes sense because the writer actually viewed everything else beforehand Mm -hmm. so like yeah felt like the complexities were there a lot of the things that i liked about susan were still there i didn't feel as offended (laughs) 
So yeah. So yeah, this episode really benefited from the writer having seen the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I was aware of how valuable that was going to be mm-hmm. to have someone have the feel of the show before they started writing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this clearly shows that it's beneficial. Yes. <laughs> so you know that I've got a big old stack of critical analysis mm-hmm. of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, the listeners may not know that I'm slowly accumulating legitimate analyses Thanks. of this show. Mm-hmm. If you have any recommendations, please email them to me. But one of them, I can't remember which at this point, commented that this is the first show that feels like science fiction yeah, instead of a children's show. Yeah, I there's, can see that. Yeah, yeah, there's this aspect of this that feels like that 1963 to 7-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaac Asimov, if you've read any of his early works, where science fiction, a lot of people think it's about robots in the future and mm-hmm. aliens, but science fiction is a social commentary on the world around you Yeah, set in the future because then it makes it less offensive less aggressive right i Mm -hmm. can talk about colonialization when it's a guy going into an alien culture Mm -hmm. because i'm not talking about a white man going into Mm -hmm. africa Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this is really the first story the daleks i think tried yeah they tried to take on xenophobia this story takes on the complexity of what xenophobia truly what it becomes produces. Mm-hmm. This is almost like if we had had a sequel to the Daleks. Yeah, that we had had the Thals mm-hmm. once the Daleks were vanquished in thirty years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and lets me kind of understand more what you were driving at mm-hmm. in the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's a it's a interesting story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The story as a whole is absolutely fascinating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you we finally have some little side characters since pink yeah. joe mm-hmm. that i liked yeah i really liked the storyline of carol and her man her boo yeah yeah her mm-hmm. he was Fucked. interesting mm-hmm. yeah his whole and a good little actor mm-hmm. considering that we wrote off that first guy in the first couple episodes yeah uh Carol's man was fascinating, Mm -hmm. you know, really to do explore the telepathic fields Mm -hmm. and all of that. He really made Mm -hmm. all of that relevant. Yeah. You understood it through him. Yeah. And so they did a good job of showing, not telling. Yeah. There was a lot of dialogue, Mm -hmm. but, and not a whole lot of action, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it was still a lot of showing, not telling. So I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. only thing I didn't like Two things. Two mm-hmm. big things. Mm-hmm. Two big, big things. Why on earth would the Sensorides have evolved to close their pupils in the dark? That's why they couldn't see in the dark. It was because when it got dark, their pupils shrank. That's fucked up and stupid. <laughs> and clearly shows that our dear writer, who was so good in all things, mm-hmm. does not have a scientific background. No. Because that's the dumbest fucking bullshit I've ever heard. They would have died out. Maybe that's why there's so few of them. I don't know. But that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Second of all, the fact that they were like, we don't know why this disease is passing and the elders never get sick. And then we find out that the elders only drink one type of water and then Ian drinks the other water and immediately starts dying. And they're like, I don't know. 
Why do they get sick? And then find out that you only test one area of water. Nobody went to school for science. Mm -hmm. Drove me crazy. So I will be honest. Those two items are going to bring it down a little for me. Because okay. this is a science fiction show. Oh, yeah. And I am not blaming the censorites for the writers having a poor understanding of science. Mm -hmm. So it will bring it a little down. Mm -hmm. But not much. Mm-hmm. Because it was still entertaining. So, score. <laughs> what do you give this story? An eight. An eight. Mm -hmm. This is probably my favorite one out of the whole series that we, we've we watched this far. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay. Why? It's not my favorite. I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a little too talky for me. Okay. If they had wrapped up all of the shit with the radicalized sensorite a little bit faster and given a little bit more space to the subterranean humans, mm -hmm. but it was, they find humans. Mm -hmm. They say, yeah, we're one of you. Let's go out. Oh, just kidding. You're trapped. And for the pacing of the story, it was like they needed one more episode. Yeah. Not that I needed one more episode. But pacing-wise, it felt very rushed. Mm -hmm. And how good everything else was, I wish that we had gotten a little bit more of the crazy humans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even if that meant taking a little bit away from all of the nuances mm -hmm. of what was going on with the sensorites. Some of that could have been cut down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they're just I just can't give it too high. Because okay. it just wasn't... It's one of those stories I feel like is important. Mm -hmm. It's really great. But isn't mm -hmm. ever going to be one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. So 7.5. Okay. Okay. Still good. Not great. But not okay. a great one for me. Now, the big question. The part that is arguably the most important. Mm -hmm. Is this story neat or not? Yeah, for me it is. I don't know. For me it is. Honestly, this is probably my favorite series of the whole thing. That enough is an, almost enough to convince me to bring it up to a neat. <laughs> and I, I just think that the characters really showed their asses in this whole thing, which is what I really expected. My trouble with it, to give it a neat critique, mm -hmm. is I think for it to be a good episode you need the comparison to the others. As a standalone, mm -hmm. it's decent science fiction. Yeah. I don't know if it's great science fiction. Well, I mean, that's what I'm rating it against. It's just what I've seen thus far. And right. thus far, this is my favorite. Right. But does that necessarily make it... You know, the other things that we've You're rated... You're also is... talking to someone that doesn't watch science fiction. Right. So. Right. Well, and I've rated other episodes neat. Mm -hmm. I've let other things be neat because I felt like... They could be standalones. Mm -hmm. I could say, watch this episode and enjoy Doctor Who. This one, while I see elements of what I know to be Doctor Who, mm -hmm. true Doctor Who, later Doctor Who, they're ephemeral mm -hmm. and flighty and not heavy enough yet for me to go, hmm. let this be your first episode. I would never. This is never going to be what I would recommend as a first episode. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. I think it's too tough to watch. Okay. So only because 
it's your favorite. Well, mm-hmm. I bump it up to neat. But <laughs> when it comes down to the, when we're trying to determine what is the neatest mm-hmm. of the neat. This is not it for you. You're going to have a tough time convincing me to bump this one up higher but i will let it be neat this time but it's definitely making me realize that we're going to have to come up with something else (laughs) for when we disagree okay a coin flip and let the fates decide yeah something listeners if you have any recommendations we might have figured it out email them in yeah if you have recommendations email us we might have figured it out by the time this is released who knows but we're definitely gonna have to come up because only because it's your favorite and only because we don't have a method for a tie yet am i going to let this be neat but it's neat ish okay okay it's neat with a splash of water okay 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 all right Cool. Okay, well, well, folks, that's it for the Sensorites. Next week is the Reign of Terror. Next week's episode is six episodes long, and we do have some episodes that are missing. Yep, I definitely saw that. Those will be animated this week, though. Mm-hmm. So those will be interesting to talk about mm-hmm. because it's going to be another person's interpretation mm-hmm. of the episode. Of the episode. Right. So we shall see. We shall see. Come together. (laughs) Bye. Bye, guys. Hey, y'all, it's Diana. Thank you so much for listening to the end of the episode. If you want to catch us for another dram, subscribe to get Doctor Who on the Rocks as soon as it's released. And if you think we're neat, please rate and review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. You can also check us out at On the Rocks Pod, all underscored, on Instagram. Or if you have comments or concerns or even better, whiskey recommendations, please send them to mediaontherockspod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to us. We look forward to seeing y'all again in two weeks for the next episode and another glass of whiskey. See you next time.